I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun, for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandslots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello and welcome to the Chels. Oh, 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 what a week. We've got points on the board. It's amazing. I've forgotten what fun it was to get three points. Ah, oh, relief, total relief. And then we're signing people. You know, we've signed MM to go with BB. And then we had KK. Is there some kind of theme going on here? I don't know. You're thinking about it, Andy. I know. Ha <laughs> ha. Well, we'll see what you think in a minute. Is there some subliminal messaging going on with all this uh, double letter thing going on? It's called alliteration. There you go. I just want to see if you're awake. And you were. Well done. Andy, what do you think? Uh, uh, I, I haven't really <laughs> thought about it. It's a very weird question. Don't really care. Did you steal this from Amadi, who tweeted this, Kerry? No, I have stolen this from nobody. I don't Kerry, steal tweets. Kerry tr- steals everything from everybody. Kerry's not had an original thought. It's days. about 1996. Have you, Kerry? Uh, no, but then, you know, some of us can't all be geniuses. After all, I, I actually do have to say, Andy, you mm. came up with the best comment of last week for me, that when you oh. came up with coup liability. Uh, yeah, which I also nicked. Did you? Oh, where did you nick that from then? I nicked it from Dan Silver. Uh, oh, so there well, we were on our group thinking he'd come up with it. And we were praising well, you for it yesterday, yeah. Andy. Well, well that was actually ad- funny was, from Andy. I was going to admit it in public. <laughs> oh, God. Well, well, see, I admit it. Pra- I praise admit, is removed, I admit, Kerry. I admit uh, these things. I don't look at Twitter like you do. I know. I said, a very, I said a very funny thing to Kerry last night, but he can't repeat it, unfortunately. Please what do. What was that? Leon can bleep it. About, about your meal at King's Cross. Oh, yeah, no. I, yeah, did you say something very funny? Yes, you did, actually. Yeah, and um, you can't repeat it. No, I can't. I'm not going to. I, Why, I was it very offensive? Quite offensive. Yeah. To who? People. Well, yeah, everybody, generally. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it was a vile, obnoxious moment that made me quite sick and queasy, but let's not go into it. <laughs> the, of course, Andy... Let's move on. How's your week been since we last spoke? Well, I mean, uh, apart from apart from uh, the Fulham result, which we'll come on and talk about, it's been all right, I have to say. Uh, fine. I mean, it feels like we're sort of gone past the wishing Happy New Year to everybody now, and we're into the we're into the year. We're yeah. you know we're, we've got some momentum, we've got some traction, we're moving now, back to work, seizing the day. And uh, and moving forwards in this appalling weather that we're uh, that we're all suffering at the moment. It's only just started getting appalling here. Has oh, it been, it's appalling? been appalling? It's been appalling all day. We've had sleet. We've had rain. It's been cold. It's just mud everywhere you go. I just yeah. I mean, if you're listening to it in some sunny clime, good good luck. But it's been uh, really sunny. Sunny. 
Well, where are you in Royal Tunbridge World? Yeah, I went for a little drive earlier to collect some art for someone I know. And um, it was nice. Nice little drive. Yeah, it's been Humble nice bragging. up here. Humble bragging there from, uh, from Gary. Yeah, we're, Just we're, driving off to collect some art, like Lovejoy. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm, I'm if training only it was him Lovejoy up. I was collecting it for. It was Kerry I was collecting it for. Right. Well, you know, he phoned the, me and he went, oh, you live near this place. Go and get it for me. Excuse me. Is I'm, it, I'm, is it I'm, a load more pictures of Chelsea footballers with, with dodgy signatures that aren't actually, there? You on know what? It's not that bad. Shall I show you it? Yeah, go on. Show me. Yeah, this will work on radio. No, it's all right. I don't, I don't oh, know. You just, seem to, you just have, happen to have it to hand. Yeah. I don't know how. Well, I've left it out in case I forget it. I don't know what you'd describe it as. It, you know what it reminds me of, Kerry? The artwork reminds me of a Strokes album cover. Uh, it does. Yeah, that's actually by the a new, well the known new Abnormal. That's, that's what it reminds a, me of. That's a, an RA called a Royal Academician called Elizabeth Blackadder. And it's a very early print by her. It's a very is nice that, is thing. Is that her actual name? Elizabeth Blackadder, yes. Or if, if anyone wants to know what it looks like, if you go onto um, your iTunes or Spotify and you look up the strokes and you look up the album, The New Abnormal, it, um, it does look very much like that artwork on the cover, Kerry. Would you agree? Uh, well, I can't remember it, so maybe. Um, it's pretty abstract. Yeah, it is. It's oh, got yeah. a fish in it. It's got a fish in it, Andy. You should love it. Mm. So, there's yeah. the strokes. There is the artwork. There you go. Yeah. This is Sim- working so well on the pod. Similar colour palette. So just Visual go and look up references. the new Abnormal. Really good album they released in lockdown. Which the Strokes anyway. Go. All their albums are good. Yeah. Okay. Moving on from that. And the voice of the man with the picture, of course, is Gary Hayes. Gary, how are you? How's your how week was been? Your, how was your week, Gary? <laughs> how was your test drive last week? Yeah, oh, well, I don't, if, if, I don't really want to talk about that. If, if, if listeners will remember, as Gary left the podcast uh, last week, he was about to go and test drive a Range Rover. How did that go, Gary? Not very well. And I've, you know what? Today is the first day. And it was today's the first day I've driven since then as well. And I was a little right. bit nervous. What happened? Um, I had a crash. I got rear-ended. Not ended, your fault in any not way, my was fault. it? I ended up on the side. My life flashed before my eyes. It was quite and, bad, wasn't it? I mean, we are, we're, we're sort of laughing, but only that relief, really, because it was quite bad, wasn't it? It was really bad. I, got, I can't believe I walked out of it alive. And then... Um, Do you know, yeah. Andy discovered how much he loved you when mm-hmm. that happened? <laughs> Which wasn't Gary. a lot. <laughs> I've always loved <laughs> him. Oh, he could have died. <laughs> no. <laughs> not, not at all. Uh, but, so, um, but it was very stressful, but um, it was, yeah, today's the day that I felt like I'm starting to get over it. I went got back on the horse. Yeah, and um, I don't feel as painful anymore. Although the last week has been a nightmare. Um, and I've actually so started your, being able to do some your nose, work. didn't you, on the airbag? Yeah, I had a bleeding nose. But it's more my ribs and shoulders. that. And Kerry saw me yesterday. I was very stiff, wasn't I, Kerry? <laughs> there's a, there's a, a statement to make. I wouldn't know. Um, <laughs> oh, sorry. No, that, that was another Kerry in the evening. Kerry with a K Well look, the the point is You had a terrible accident You crawled from that wreckage Or you pulled out by the fireman, weren't you? And and you are here a week later Do they have the jaws of life you That use the machine that kind of pulls the car apart to get you out? No, no, I've I've got put in like some sort of harness Right And hoisted out Did you? Okay Yeah, I can't It's all a bit of a blur I can't really remember much of it it was yeah. all very... Can I, can I ask you a question? Are you buying a Range Rover? No, I will not. Right. But, I mean, by all accounts, it kind of saved your life, didn't it? The actual safety features <laughs> I don't know, I on the Range Rover. I just find that a car that flips that easy isn't really... I don't want to go that's through true. that again, you know? Yeah, that's true. Um, but, that's you know, true. other cars are available, and I'm sure they're good cars, but not for me. Mate, well, but, look, um, all, all we can say is we are happy that you're here a can, week can later. I, can I just say, genuinely, the only one thing that was going through my head is that because we have spoken, right? Um, the one thing that's going through my head is like, shit, I've got to write that Viali stuff with Lasso. That was what I was thinking about when I was in hospital. I was like, I've got to get home and write it. And I did come home and I did write it. Um, this is you, the, the tribute that you wrote in the programme. Um, yeah, so I know, I know we're joking Graham about yeah, life before your eyes and stuff, but weirdly, that was a thing running through my mind. I was like, I've got to get home and I've got to write that. I've got to get home and I've got to sort Bruce out and I've got to... 
um, write the stuff that I did earlier. And I didn't tell anyone at Chelsea what happened until I'd written it. And I'd, give it, I'd, give, I'd given it to him on Tuesday and I'd given it to him late. And then in the end, I phoned him and right, it was late because of this. But I didn't want him to worry, thinking, God, we've got this huge tribute we're doing and it's not going to happen. Um, right. And I'd just like to say, actually, seeing that in the programme yesterday, I've never felt so privileged to write anything in my life. It was amazing reading that. It was a really well-written piece. I thought Graham Lasso was wonderful. We'll, we'll get on to the tribute itself a bit later, but on, on this note, I thought, yeah, I thought it was really well thought through and I, I thought what he said was great as well. No, it was excellent. So I think you can be very pleased with your handiwork, you know. So Just not my uh, driving. Just not, well, it wasn't your well, it wasn't driving. your fault, was it? It was some <laughs> mad BMW driver who rear-ended you. I know, and I, when I spoke to Andy, he went, all BMW drivers are... <laughs> So well, if you drive are. a BMW, don't listen. <laughs> yeah, uh, Andy. Andy knows what it takes to make a driver, don't you, Andy? I do. Yeah, I'm a very oh. safe driver who's uh, who've, who's only ever rear-ended people twice in car parks. <laughs> yeah, but no, at once, least once you... once on the Hendon Way and once in Norfolk. Yeah, but that was yeah. in the car park, right? Weren't you coming out of the council? Car park oh, no, for three after the Norwich game. Oh, yeah, three times. Once, once in Norwich as well, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Yeah, but they were yeah. all deliberate. You meant to do it. I wasn't going 60 miles, 70 miles an hour on a dual carriageway like this idiot was, though. No. Yeah, crazy. But, no, well, well, look, I hope the insurance sorts you out because, you know, it's very sad seeing you in this neck brace and... And in the plaster and everything just for the insurance purposes. That was truth. Um, and we'll take 10% for the podcast. Yeah, I did um, like something out of Catch-22. Catch-22. Anyway, look, you're here. We're here. We can start talking about the week that's been for Chelsea. Um, well, where do we start? I suppose we probably do need to go back to uh, Fulham last week. Now, this, this was one of those games where we were looking up. And seeing above us in the table, Fulham and Brentford, the third team in West London we've become. And yet we were very positive with this one, weren't we, Andy? We thought this could be one of those games where we could get the points. Um, I don't know. I, I think I called... Did I call this one a draw? I wasn't that confident about it I think you said 4-0 Chelsea. No, I said, that, I said that we would beat Palace and I thought we, we would struggle. I probably said we'd win 1-0 or something against Fulham, but I, did, I wasn't that confident. Um, just coming off the back of that City game and our recent form and their recent form as well. So um, I, I was, yeah, disappointed with the result, I have to say, but uh, I wasn't going into the game full of, full of optimism to start with. And, and Gary, it was one of those games where actually we were all surprised, but it also felt like one of those things. I'd said I wasn't sure about Zhao Felix. I thought that he might be overrated. And Andy said, let's just give him a clean slate, see how he does, which is absolutely the right way to be. Um, but I think we were probably all surprised that he started that game, weren't we? Because he'd only been with us about nine hours or something crazy. Yeah, I know. Um, but then it was a very impressive debut, wasn't it? Up until the the moment of madness. But um, I was shocked at how good he was. Um, Me too. And it just showed you what we're missing. Um, and it was interesting coming on the back of our conversation that we had the week, you know, earlier on in the week about Havertz because Havertz looked a different player. He looked yeah. a better player. Which, of course, refers back to Andy's yeah, point I'm that happy. it's not him, it's the people around yeah, him. and if that works out and Havertz becomes the player we want him to be, I will hold my hands up and say, I'm glad I'm wrong. But, you know, was it one moment in as a flash or is there more to come? Obviously, we're not going to find out until the 11th of February now or something, are we? But I was really impressed with what Havertz gave when Felix was playing. Obviously, when Felix went off, everything else you throw out the window. You can't judge any of the players, I don't think. But... Up until that point, it was looking really good. There were moments of where they're still getting used to each other, right? They're getting used to the runs that they're making, so they're not releasing the ball as quick. But overall, you know, it was I was really impressed and I was infused. Even though we lost, I was happy. Yeah, I know what you mean. And, and Andy, do you think this is one of the... I know you, you often get annoyed by smaller players, but João Felix... He's very similar to players we've had in the past with a low centre of gravity, but has a strength. He's very hard to just bundle off the ball unless he wants to take the foul. 
Do you think the way that he works, he's the kind of flair player. I always talk about flair and how much I love it, and you don't. But there is a certain type of flair player that could work very well for Chelsea when they've well, got the strength. When when you say I don't like flair players, that's not true. I like flair players that have got a bit about them. I don't like flair players that are just flair, you know, because I think that football is a much more rounded game than that. You can't just play with just flair. And I think we've we've had players and we have players that are, you know, that rely solely on flair, but don't do the dirty side of the game, uh, which is, you know, adding value to the overall team performance. And I thought Felix showed that he had some strength about him, that he had some energy and aggression and passion about him and I think that the way he moved the ball quickly from the start and created things and it was the one touch the movement was something we've really missed this season and I think a lot of that's down to the confidence of our players and to what we've talked about a lot about not wanting to make mistakes about playing within themselves he hasn't been party to any of that so he's just come in and 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 played with quick feet and aggression and, and passion and and, uh, and freedom. And, and it really showed. And it brought other players into the game. And your point about Havertz is, is very true. And I've always said that when he's isolated, we're not really seeing what Kai Havertz is all about. He needs other players to play off. And in Felix, he looked like he had a, a, a natural partner. Um, and that was great to see. And, you know, I, I'm with Gary. If, if this continues and we start to see Kai Havertz, the provider, Kai Havertz, the foil, um, Kai Havertz, the, you know, the, the, the player that we thought we'd bought, um, then, then, then I'll be really happy. And I will just say as well, that I, and we'll come on to speak about the, the game against Crystal Palace, but I, in his post-match, uh, after the Palace game, Havertz said quite clearly, I wasn't bought in to score 30 goals a season. So I'm not really interested in that, referring to some of the comments about goal scoring. And he's absolutely right. And we've said that. And I've been quite vocal about that. And and having a player like Felix and hopefully some of the other players that come in, the new boy that we've just bought, you know, that, that might create more room for him to not become isolated and uh, and not have that level of responsibility that seems to be dragging him down a bit. Yeah, I think that's a very interesting point as well. And I like, we've suddenly seen seen a change in note in some of our interviews, like with the William one, uh, like with, with him, and also Potter uh, came out as well. And we'll talk about that again after the Palace game, where he gave a few home truths of what he thought was right and what was wrong about things, instead of looking a little bit sheepish about things. And I, I think... We're seeing a change now. Just perhaps there's a few of them starting to believe we are moving into into different territory now. The signings are interesting. There's a lot going on. But, I mean, the, the Fulham game, I, for me, when you see someone like Felix there, I mean, that red card, it, it was dreadful that it happened because he knew as soon as he did it, it was a red card. Everyone else knew it was a red card. Yeah, he didn't cause any damage to the player, but he knew immediately he was going, didn't he, Gary? And it was such a sad moment because he you could see him trudging off, going, I can't believe that's just happened. Having played for one of the toughest managers in the world, he's obviously got, what was it? Was it um, uh, Liam? Liam who came up with that line about where he left the Atletico He tried so hard to get away from Simeone, but Simeone's still with him. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You know, so, yeah, nice one, Liam, it's true. But it it was a very sad moment. Were you kind of shocked and horrified that it had happened to a player like that? It was, yeah, it was just disappointing because it had been such a... It was a nice change of the headlines, right? There's all this doom and gloom around Chelsea. And even when we signed him, people were like, it's a big load of money. You know, we were questioning it ourselves. Like, is there a buy back? Is, is there a, you know, option, a to um, option to buy and whatnot? Um, and it just seemed that, okay, this could turn the season around. Not that I'm bothered about the season, because I'm not. I'm more bothered about what goes happens beyond this season. But... Um, yeah, but does it make lift some doom and gloom at least so that it makes it a bit more bearable between now and May? Um, and then that happens and then you get all the silly ridicule that comes with it. You know, and like it's Potter's fault somehow, you know, that, that the player got sent off. But um, I, I liked what Crouch said in the in the um, analysis after where it was a striker talking, you know, and he was like, he doesn't go to hurt him. He doesn't hurt him. doesn't make a lot of contact, but it's just a silly challenge of someone that ball's got away from him. He's trying to get it back and it happens. Don't hold it against him. He's got a free game ban. Let's just get on with it now. 
Yeah, it's it's true, isn't it? Andy, um, how do you see this panning out for Felix? Do you think something like that, he'll just be able to shrug off and just go back out and get on with it? Or do you think it might affect the way that he thinks about how he plays? Because what was great was he was going in for tackles and he was fighting for the cause. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe. I, I think that... I'd like to think he'll come back having had, you know, I think that's the quickest any player's ever had a song about them. I mean, they were singing his name after like seven minutes, which was great. Um, you know, 58 minutes of sheer brilliance and then, you know, a moment of madness. He was out of control. As you say, it wasn't, he didn't hurt the player. I don't think there was too much intention to, to hurt the player, but but he, he, was, he was out of control, so it was a red, fla- uh, a red card. I hope he comes back with a point to prove, knowing that he can do it, knowing that he made an impact, knowing that, you know, he's got fans that will back him. And uh, and and having had a really good start, I hope he comes back, clears his head and does it again without the silliness. Yeah, exactly. And, it, I mean, it did change the game. But the other thing we should talk about that changed the game was Dennis Sicaria. I mean, this is... He was a, another golden light. And this happened, what, a minute and a half before Felix got sent off? And he's starting to look like the midfield player we've been looking for. We talked about it last week. I mean, you could see he was crestfallen when he went off. He just knew straight away he'd done himself, didn't he, Gary? When you've got no luck, you've got no luck, right? Yeah. And And it's just another thing to contend with. This is why um, I, I look at the way the manager's handling himself. I think he's actually keeping it together pretty well. Because everything just seems to be going wrong and wrong and wrong and wrong. And obviously, we'll get to Palace later. But that game, you could just see it. It was one of those games. Remember, the last time they beat us was when Jose did the Sean Wright Phillips and Joe Cole subs. And that was another game where everything was just going wrong and wrong and wrong. Um, and to, to look at it as well, of, of how um, how crazy this situation and this period that we're in, obviously with the injuries as well. But with Felix getting sent off, do you know the last Chelsea player was to get sent off on his debut? Joey Jones. Yeah, Joey Jones. What a throwback that is. Incredible. So you've got Joey Felix and Joey Jones. (laughs) Joey Felix. Yeah. But it's it's pretty incredible, right? Just to show how rare what it is that Chelsea are going through, given everything else, that it's just sort of like the perfect storm at the moment. And I think, you know, to bring it back to the manager, um, it's just, and Zakaria, for instance, it's another blow, a guy who we hadn't really seen anything of before the World Cup. He gets a couple of games, he comes back after the World Cup and he suddenly looks, okay, this, he's got something going on here. You know, and he's finding form and then he, he goes off injured and it's just so frustrating, but it's just where we are at the moment, no matter what we're doing. And you, know, you start watching other players go down and think, God, I hope that's not his hamstring. I hope that's not his ankle. I hope that's not his knee. Um, so it's I think disappointing. A lot, I think- I think a lot of fans have written Potter off because of what he looks like or how he handles himself or the fact that he hasn't come from a big European side or that they perceive that he lacks charisma rather than looking at the actual facts in front of them. And I pose the question, if Frank Lampard had been in charge and had 11 injuries to key potential first team starters would those fans that are writing Graham Potter off be saying about Frank Lampard it's not his fault you've got to give him a little bit of time or wouldn't they of course they would and I I think that it's we need to step back from the situation look at it as a whole and go is this really on the manager because also there were moments where could have put the ball in the net the manager can't stick his boots on and go and stand in front of goal and put the ball in the net you know all he can do is set it up and I think that the appalling run of luck that he's had or we've had as a club, that's got to count for something. You can't write a manager off in those circumstances. It's stupid to do so. Where do you stand on the ridicule that he's getting? I really don't like it. I really what, what do ridicule? not like it. What, no, I've what, seen give me these, an example. I've seen these badly done videos. You know, like the comedian next door where he did them with the with the politicians and he actually does them really well. I've seen these badly done ones and they're, just, and they're calling the wet lettuce. And I'm just like, come on. Yeah, just, yeah. Ri- just ridiculing I, 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 any, the Any ch- Chelsea fan that wants the Chelsea manager or any Chelsea player to fail is not a Chelsea fan. But it's you not know, that. As far it's, as just, and it's, it's just the ridicule. And then I saw someone tweeting about, oh, Thomas Tuchel was won 40% of Chelsea's points. Um, but And he left in September. And it's like, okay, you do realise that there were six weeks lost in the season. So it's not really January in the season. It's actually November in the season where we are right now, you know. Um, in terms of what the normal season is. But I just find this 
digging stuff out and pulling out stupid stats and knowing full world that mean you're manipulating it to ridicule someone. I'm just like, look, just don't do it. You know, calling someone the wet lettuce, oh, because he's boring in press conferences. Okay, mate, go and sit in press conferences and do it for the 15 years or so that I did it. Okay, and then tell me that a manager that's media trained, and Andy, you're going to know more so than me as well in terms of the PR aspects of it and controlling the message. And tell, you know, tell me that what he's doing isn't right. Because there's a lot of agenda around Chelsea. I, I speak about this with Kerry a lot. The start of the season in the media, what you get is they go, right, what is the agenda this year? What is the narrative that we're going to push? City are this, and this is what it is. It's all about Haaland and etc. right? Liverpool this, Arsenal this, Chelsea are the club that have got new owners. They've got all these new signings. When, the man, when is the manager going to go? It's always the question at the start of the season, right? To get a new guy in. Oh, yeah, but he's not this guy. And it's just this narrative that gets pushed. And it just, I just hate it when people get carried away with it. And they know what they're doing, but they're doing it for some likes and shares. It's like, come on, look, Chelsea don't need this right now. They've got it coming from everywhere. As fans, just show a bit more decorum and respect, right? You know, I like the way Potter is in press conferences. I like the way he conducts himself because, like he said after the Man City FA Cup game, I'm here to represent Chelsea. And I think at the moment, there are other people that will behave in worse ways and there are other people that will behave the same way as him. And I think at the moment, we've got a very good diplomat to represent Chelsea to the to the media and the rest of the world. And I, I like what he's doing. Yeah, and I, I think that, you know, we've had managers in the past that are hot-headed and emotional and they're great press conferences when Jose Mourinho is calling people out or Conte's, you know, losing his mind or, you know, some of the other managers that we've had are, you know, are, are being funny and emotional. Problem is, that's all great in the short term and it's great viewing. Those managers don't last. They don't last because they're too emotional and they fall out with the hierarchy. They 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 sometimes fall out with the players. They have ambitions elsewhere. They get these god complexes, um, and they end up moving on. and And that happens to those type of managers. Now, you could argue that Graham Potter is a bit middle management in his approach, but he's having to navigate a really tricky time in our history at the moment with new owners, lots of new players, you know, lots of issues on the pitch. I, I think he's 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 got a really Really, he's, he's, he's navigating a quite a good course at the moment through it uh, and keeping it at a very even keel and keeping it very measured. And that may not make great viewing, but I think in the long term, it will play real dividends. And what I think was fascinating about after the morning after the Fulham game, there were all sorts of stories in the media. Oh, Potter's probably gone. This is this. This is terrible. He can't manage. He's out of his debt. Blah, blah, blah. Come the afternoon, two or three articles appeared that seemed to change the narrative. And that was about, there's been no talk about Potter leaving. The club are keeping the manager. There is no thought of changing. Now, does that sort of thing happen, Gary, in clubs, where the media is handled by the club, or is that just coincidence? No, what will happen is that journalists will be briefed. They'll be called up about what they've written, and they'll be corrected on it. And But also, even before stuff's been written, they will sit down with journalists off the record. I've been in on those meetings. I remember I did it, which I can talk about now, but at the time it was off the record and not to be spoken about. But I remember going out for Christmas drinks with Conte in 2016. We went, we had the press conference at uh, Cobham and then I got pulled aside and I thought, God, what have I done? And they just said, oh, Antonio would like you to come over the road to the pub to have a drink with him. I was like, okay, great. So I went over there and there was a few other journalists there and I was sat next to him and we were just chatting to Conte about life and football and what he wants to do at Chelsea and he was talking about trying to create a family and it was just Chelsea's way of saying, look, this is what we're trying to do with a manager, this is what he wants to achieve. You can't write about this because it's off the record. But that, that happens all the time in football clubs. And there are certain journalists that you'll see, notably at the Athletic and the Telegraph, who are the ones you can trust because they're the ones getting it right. Um, and they're the ones that are getting briefed by the right people and they're telling them look we understand what's going on but this is what the ownership wants to achieve this is what the manager wants to achieve and they'll sit down and they'll get briefed on that that happens uh, all the time uh, that, that, I mean that, that's fascinating and really interesting what I'm really interested in is what happened afterwards did you go out to like Stringfellows and do a load of coke and no, get some strippers no uh, <laughs> what happened was um, I went on Who a was test driving I, I went on a <laughs> test drive and uh, <laughs> but but seriously, speaking no, of driving, it's, it's, it's really interesting, and, and of course that happens all over the place. It happens in politics. It happens in my business, yeah. where you know where you, where you brief people when you try, and, and this is what we're talking about: controlling the narrative. It's like if you can spin it so that you're 
view, your angle is the is the most prevalent part of the narrative. You know, that's your job as a, as a publicist or a comms person to to make sure journalists are, are writing what you want them to write. Now, it's a really tricky line to, to tread um, because you don't want to be telling journalists what to do. Your job is to kind of massage the information and to present the information in such a compelling way that they'll want to write about it. But what was also good about it was building the relationship with the manager because... Um, up to that, we had just played. We just played Palace. Remember, we were in that run, and um, I remember <coughs> at the start of the season when they unveiled Conte. He kept talking about as a manager, you need to be a tailor. And then um, we'd gone on this run with, and we'd beat Palace. And then I just said to Conte at the end, I was like, "Oh, um, as you say about being a tailor as a manager, does that make you the Armani of managers? Given what you've done with Chelsea right now, because obviously we'd finished tenth, and then we were top." Um, and he laughed, and he, you go on YouTube, you see it, and he's got the squeaky laugh and stuff. But then I, I'd built this, not that I knew him, but just through press conferences and setting up my mic, because uh, I was recording everything for, you know, not so my dictaphone. I'd built this weird little relationship with him that wasn't personal, but it was just a weird thing where he'd see it and we'd have a joke every time. And then he was laughing at my questions and stuff. Um, but then going on the, you know, going for that drink with him, it was there just to create that relationship so that, you know, you're never going to have a personal relationship as an outsider, but you understand the, the person a bit more. Or as a, a journalist. More. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you, what's, you, interesting is it, what's interesting is fans from other clubs, I know, are basically looking in and going, why Why is everybody giving Potter a hard time? You know, why are your fans giving him a hard time? You know, it's quite a few people yeah, that's that I because know. because he's, he's not glamorous. Exactly. So, so I've got mates, mates who are West Ham fans, and they're going, "We wouldn't mind him at West Ham at all." Do you know what I mean? He seems like he seems like a really good manager. I don't understand why your fans are, are giving him such a hard time, and and I think they're right. Give it doesn't it make a year. any sense. Give it a yeah. year. But what, what yeah. I was going to say, just in addition, is um, at the end. So it went really well. These drinks, and um, Conte had one glass of wine, and then um, he, it, the media manager was like, "Okay, you, your car's here." Antonio went, "No, no, I'll have another one." And he was having such a good time. He was talking about playing in Italy and stuff. And then he was, he was laughing about Ancelotti, and um, he was, that's a fucking eyebrow. He was saying it was so funny. You have to bleep that. Sorry, Leon, but that was it. Those were his words. And um, and then, but what transpired is that there were a lot of your drivers here. And then someone said like, oh, is it because you had two drinks? Or he went, no, I don't drive. Doesn't Conte doesn't have a license. Hmm. Said I never wanted go. to drive because I was a player, and uh, so he gets driven everywhere. So I'm, I'm assuming now, like even at Spurs, he has a driver that takes him everywhere. He doesn't have a license. Well, I, how do you think it's going for him at Spurs at the moment? They'll be driving him out soon, won't they? <laughs> the driver's <laughs> waiting. The driver's I mean, waiting. That, that is an interesting point, isn't it? Because you know, I've had arguments with people that are saying, "Well, a decent manager, a proper manager, would would you know, would win whatever." But you only have to look at Klopp. You have to look at Conte. You have to look at you know, three or four of the other so-called proper managers in inverted commas to see that they're really struggling as well. So I just think it's very unfair to be judging the manager in the current circumstances. Yeah, and I think look, that that's what's happened is the narrative has been changed at the weekend. People are sitting back off that now. So, yeah, good. That's good to know because I think Potter just deserves time and he also deserves a squad. So, look, just lastly on the on the Fulham game. So, anyway, there were the problems. The last point we should make is William scores against us. He immediately apologises. I love this fact as soon as I heard it. William is the 26th player to score against us Chelsea as a former club and that's the most in the Premier League ever so anyone we sell just please don't let them play against us because they will score (laughs) so there you go right well look we should go to the commercial break now and we'll be back after this Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And here we are again. So, we were faced with Palace. This was suddenly a real do-or-die idea of a game, wasn't it? This was... 
a game we could not afford to lose because, yeah, we got away with it, with losing at Fulham. The press narrative had been changed. There were reasons. We lost Felix down to 10. We got Zakaria injured. But Palace was a, a new day, a new game. And it was a slightly disturbing thought. But first of all, we should talk about the Viali tribute beforehand. Um, now, of course, Gary... You you did that wonderful piece in the programme with Graham Lasso. How did you think it all went, the, the tribute? Uh, we got a, an array of former players out on the pitch, which is always nice to see. How did you think it went? It was moving, wasn't it? Yeah, it was great. I don't normally get emotional with those things, like we spoke about that last week, right? But then I feel like I lost a bit of my childhood with Viali going. Um, you, you know, you want people to be around for much longer, right? Obviously, deaths happen, but fifty-eight is so young. Um, yeah, so it was it was emotional. I just loved the fact that the people that organised the displays at both ends. I think that was really lovely to see. Look, they look great. I think the club and the fans have shown themselves to be what we are. There's so much chaos and everything else going on around the club at the moment, but we still came together and you know. You know, paid our respects to someone who's a who's been a huge and significant part of our history. Um, and hearing, yeah, you know, what what I thought was incredible as well is I was a little bit worried because I'd not I knew before speaking with Graham that he had done this like little voiceover on the video, and I just thought, how's that going to work in the stadium? Because the stadiums are so loud that having video play with you know someone talking over it, but everyone just went quiet when Lee did his bit on the pitch, and then everything went quiet. And everyone just sort of just stood there watching the screen and listening to Graham's voiceover for that montage of Luca's career. And um, I just thought it was incredible. And they're not listening, but the Palace fans were amazing as well. The fact that they they stood, they they could have got involved and been, you know, idiots about it, but they weren't. And that is sort of, you know, we, we talk about some of the silly stuff that goes on in football stadiums that we see. But I do think that football, when it has to, really does sort itself out when it has to right and so Sunday was a moment you don't want to be at but at the same time that you're at it and it went as well as these things can I just thought it was a really beautiful thing what about you Andy were you moved by it did it did it yeah I, I think Gary, I think Gary summed it up quite well there I think it was very moving and I'm, I'm the same I, you know I, I have respect and you know I, I you know we've had situations before where former players have died or sad things have happened and I've had a moment of reflection but this was a proper choker it was really you know I've I, singing Viali it was quite difficult to sing it I was quite emotional about it you know and um, as as Gary said they executed it very well the um, and it had the right tone about it what was nice is that everybody was in the stadium to witness it there wasn't people still sitting in the concourses it, everybody was there to see it it was great to see those former players on the pitch I thought the flags were great as I say the whole thing was executed brilliantly and and a, a really fitting tribute to a brilliant player and a great man yeah I totally agree with that and I, I have to say a tear was welling up quite a lot through that whole thing for me and and it just shows Viali transcended everything you're right the Palace fans were great everybody was great in that stadium for those few minutes and um, and I also thought Graham Lasso's piece the, the narration was really beautifully constructed I thought it got everything across without being too wordy yeah it, it was a it was a fitting fitting tribute to to a great man Could I just Gary's right. well. those things those things are a real risk those videos Gary's absolutely right and it was really quite incredible to hear the silence when that was going on and did yeah. you see the players who were there as well I just thought yeah. it was brilliant where um obviously you've got you know Jimmy and, you know, Graham was there and you got JT and Jody Morris, you know, some of the bigger names. But then they had like... Rodders. Mark, yeah, but had, yeah, Dave Lee, right? Because the thing Danny is... Danny Granville. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, So Dave Lee, I know you speak about him, Andy, because he's like, you, you know him more so than I do. But he's such a big part. And this is something we go into in the blueprint, right? But he's such a big part, and people like him, of that era. And Frank Sinclair tweeted after saying what a great day it was. And I messaged him after. I said, but Frank, you're a legend as well. To me, people might disagree. But to me, Frank, um, Eddie, David Lee, I absolutely adore those guys, right? Because they might not have been the stars of this team, but they really made it. And it felt like proper Chelsea, where Danny, like you say, Danny Granville was there. Mark Nichols was there on the pitch, right? 
I just thought it was brilliant to see. And um, just the fact that they brought back people that weren't just the stars that looked good on camera. You know, they had people that some people might not know had played for Chelsea or they weren't or you know, big names. About, yeah, yeah, exactly. And I just thought that was really cool because what it shows is that's what Chelsea was at the time as well, is that, you know, Viali and all, all these other guys came in to, to let us dream more. But they... And this is what the piece was with Graham, is that they blended in with everything that was there. And it was almost like they adapted to them rather than these guys having to adapt to them. It's like another player who is so revered by the dressing room is Kazaragi, right? Didn't yeah. play a lot for Chelsea, did his knee. And I said to the players, I'm like, why do you love Gigi so much? They're like, because he was always out on the Raz with us. He came over and went, how'd you do it in England? And they went, well, we drink these beers, I'll have one. And he just got in on it with them and... And the way these like guys came over, particularly the Italians, and they said, "I'm going to embrace British culture, the the best bits of it, and maybe you know necessarily the worst bits as well." But it just shows like they made Chelsea what it is, you know. And and as a teenager, I, I tweeted this after I said, "Look, that I fell in love with Chelsea properly when, when I was more conscious because of people like Viali, because they made that they added to that culture of the club, and I just absolutely adore him." Yeah, no, well said. So yeah, as for the game. I think it was one of those, it was a bit of a hiding to nothing. Could we get a result out of it? Um, there were, as, the, as the game developed, I mean, yes, they had a few chances, but I found it was one of our more cohesive performances for a number of weeks. And a few people really stood out for me. Um, Lewis Hall, I, I, look, I, I think you said in the second half when he gave that blind pass backwards, he's got a ricket in him. Um, and that needs to be sorted out. Then look what only happened 18. the minute after that. Exactly. Well, he, can like at both end. he can do it Absolutely. at both ends, was the joke. Yeah, exactly. And, and the, the thing is, you see, this 18-year-old kid is blossoming, and he will make mistakes, and we have to accept that. But do you not think, Andy, this guy, it's incredible for his age how good he is at the moment, and he's not even playing in his right position. Uh, yeah, I think he is really, really good. Um, you're right, he's playing out of position. Um, and you're right that he's got a ricket in him. Um, but I think it's brilliant to see a young lad come in at his age, play with confidence, um, play with, uh, you know, with, with uh, real drive. He looks like a professional footballer and he looks like a Premier League footballer. And I think that if throughout this period we end up with a couple of players like that who in an otherwise full squad of fit, you know, sort of hardened, experienced players might not have got a look in. If a couple of those players come through, then, you know, you've got to look upon that as a as a silver lining to, to what's been quite a chaotic and a sometimes depressing time. Well, that's, that's the thing, isn't it? When, when things go wrong, there's always actually an opportunity for someone to come in and seize the day. And, and I think that's what he's doing. Look, whether he becomes the first pick, I doubt it, you know, at this moment in time with the way things are. But he is now a firm part of that squad, I would have thought. And we're going to see him uh, quite a lot. The, the other person who I find really interesting to watch is Chuck Wemeka. I, I don't know if you want to say anything on Lewis Hall to add to that, Gary. But if not, then move on to Chuck Wemeka. Yeah, just, I just like on, the look of him. Just yeah. on Hall... He's, like you say, he's got a ricket in him, but then you know you think about, and this is the problem with young players, and if you play too many of them, you get 10 rickets in a game, right, if you're playing 10 of them. But you know, all you've got to do is think back to John Terry, 2003 FA Cup final, right? That Chelsea team was still developing. and um, No, sorry, the 2002 FA Cup final. Um, that team was still developing. John Terry's 21, getting put on his ass by Freddie Lundberg scoring. That's his ricket in that game in an FA Cup final. But... Three years later, that same John Terry is becoming one of the best defenders in the world. He's, he had three years on Lewis Hall. Just give the kid time. When he makes mistakes, don't pillar him for it. Let him recover from the mistakes. Because like we say, he does that one. And then a minute later, he's putting a beautiful through ball uh, for a Bamiyang. So um, I, I don't think people are giving him a hard time. I think people are, you know, just just aware that, you know, when you, as you say, when you play young kids, they make rickets. And I don't think, I think everybody's giving him a lot of leeway because they can see the talent. Yeah, yeah. I, and I hope they are. I'm, I'm just generalising, saying, please don't. I'm not sure. accusing anyone of doing anything, but yeah. please don't. And the same with Chuck Wemeka. Like, we were walking through the cemetery, weren't we? And Andy texted us the, the lineup, And I just looked at it, and I was like, God, I'm excited. It was the first time that I would have seen Chuck and Hall in the flesh. Mm. That's what I, I weren't excited about anything else yesterday. I was, I was excited about that. That's, that's what I not, wanted to see. Not, and to, I, not to see Badia Sheely. 
Oh, but then, that, then we said, oh, look, and he's starting as well. So it was great to see another new player. But um, this is what, look, I know I'm not saying that everything's great and that we should be happy, but we know the club's in a state of flux. New owners, new coach, new players, da 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 right? I'm excited by this. It's horrible. Yeah. But don't get me wrong, I'm excited by it because I'm like, okay, I would rather see Chelsea fail by trying to achieve something rather than fail by doing the safe thing. And we're not exactly pushing the boat out and going crazy at the moment, but we are changing. The cogs are turning. Now, how quick they turn remains to be seen, but they're turning. And I'm excited to see Chuck. I'm excited to see Lewis Hall. I'm excited to see Conor Gallagher start. Mm. You know, well, I'm, I'm excited I'm, to see these young players yeah. making forward runs. I mean, Conor Gallagher did it quite a few. It was like he just said, right, look, we've just got to try and play with some momentum. And Gallagher was, was all over the place. Also got his usual yellow card, but that's another matter. But I thought I thought he had a really good game. And he seemed to be singled out for treatment as well. He didn't half get collared quite a lot and kicked a lot by the Palace lot. Um, we, we mentioned that, didn't we, Gary? He was, they kicked he lumps out of him all game. Yeah. But what I liked about him is that it wasn't like I looked at him and thought, he's playing, but we're missing player X in there because player X would be doing this. It was a case of he's playing and he might not be putting up trees at the moment. But he's growing into this team and I see him as the future of this team with Lewis Hall, with Chuck, with Baddy Ashil. Yeah, and I just feel like things are changing. It's not going to be better next week against Liverpool, but they are changing and we're moving and things are happening. And long may that continue, but it obviously it needs to get better. But I liked seeing Gallagher and that yesterday. If they're in the same position as they are now next year, then we've got a problem. But I don't think they will be. Yeah, and I, I think for... Gallagher was was really interesting yesterday. I thought he was absolutely superb by 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 miles a man of the match for me. Um, you know, Silver Silver was up there, but I thought Gallagher absolutely bested everybody on that pitch. The thing about Gallagher, I think, that we've seen this season is he has boundless energy and great talent and great skill, but somehow doesn't sometimes doesn't know how to harness that energy and. Yesterday, I thought he was very controlled in his performance and, as you say, was causing real problems. He reminded me a little bit of Hazard yesterday, getting hacked down all over the place. And um, But, you know, he got up and uh, and carried on with it, gave a little bit out himself uh, and, and was a real presence in that midfield. And I think was the... I, I said to, to Harry, he went with me yesterday, I think I think he was the complete heartbeat of that game. And, he was the and glue. Well, he was the heartbeat. I just thought yeah. he was the, he was the he was the thing that just to just just symbolised the energy of that game, and I think it allowed all the players around him to perform really well. And seeing Havertz and Ziyech and Mount on the same wavelength, seeing Chuck, you know, sort of looking looking like a uh, you know a veteran in that midfield. Jorginho, I thought, had a good game as well. And and what was really good is is not even noticing Badiashile. Not really even noticing him because he was that. He was like a bass player. I've said that. I've used that analogy before. He was so comfortable at the back that we didn't even notice him, you know. And yes, Thiago Silva saved us three times. Um, and, you know, in the last five minutes, I thought Badashile's um, aerial power really was an really influenced the game and really helped us out. But ultimately, it was a game of, you know, Gallagher. All right. I think he did. Glue, glued it all together. I thought it was great. Yeah, and on Benoit Badiashile, I I like him. I like the look of him. No, I like him he a lot. grew into the game. He's he, a big he's, unit. He's a big unit, but he looks quick. He looks assured. What was very interesting, and this isn't pointing any fingers at Koulibaly or anything, but what I thought was very interesting, Thiago Silva, when he plays alongside Koulibaly, he's pointing, he's pulling, he's pushing, he's getting Koulibaly into position all the time. He didn't need to do it with Badiashile yesterday. They seem to have already a bit of an understanding. And that'll grow. I mean, he's only been there, you know, 10 days or whatever. But I thought it's very telling that Thiago, when Koulibaly came on, Thiago was having to pull... Because I felt sorry for Koulibaly coming on as a fullback because he really was very, very confused as to where he should be. Didn't know whether to drop deep into the box or go out wide. Uh, I thought he got a bit of a hiding to nothing out there. Uh, he was bought on for height, Kerry. Yeah, There's exactly. No, no, but no but he, was playing, he was playing at full back and he was he getting was, but... caught out of position a lot and it, it really didn't, didn't help him. It was fine once he dropped back into the, into the penalty area. Yeah, no problem. 
But being stuck out there, he really couldn't. Yeah, but, cope but as with I that. say, he was brought on for a very specific reason, and and, uh, and and it worked. It was you know because they knew that they were going to come under aerial attack, and you know him and Badishile and Silva were brilliant in that last five or ten minutes. I thought they were they were great, you know, and and I think sacrificing Hall for him at that point was was really smart move by Potter. Yeah, uh, no, we didn't talk, we, we didn't talk about how bad Koulibaly was against Fulham. You know, he was that's one of the worst performances in a Chelsea shirt I've seen for a long time. He was terrible, as was Chalaba. You know, both of them yeah. were awful, you know, in different ways. And, you know, Chalaba, we know, has, you know, there's a good player in there. And we know that, you know, but somebody was telling me that he's playing playing through a lot of pain at the moment. And that might have, a, might have something to do with it. He was, he was poor. I thought he was much better in the Palace game. Koulibaly, to me, is a big issue. He's a big problem. I, I can't see the future for him at our club. No, neither can I. And I think he knows that. that and that's my point. When mm. Thiago's having to shunt him around all the time, he didn't need to do it with Benoit, but he did with, with Koulibaly. And I think that says a lot. I, I just feel sorry for him. Look, Gary always says that it might be first season syndrome. I don't know whether he'll get a second season. What do you think, Gary? Um, well, I think for the money that we paid for him, he will get a second season. Um, and because he's going to get a second season, I hope that he does get over the first season. We've seen it so often, right? You know, yeah. I, I think that as football, the English football has, has become a bit more continental. That I think players have found it easier to adapt a little bit more in in more modern times. But then some players do struggle. So, look, he's a Chelsea player, and like Andy says, and we always say, I want him to succeed. So let's hope that he gets better. And you know, when Dan Charles was on here the other week, he said about. You know, Koulibaly saying that in Italy, you think when you've got the ball. In England, you have to think when you haven't got it. And he's adjusting. That, that takes a lot, right? Culturally, and he's an older player. So maybe he's he's struggling with that. But I think, like you said, Kerry, I've met someone after the game and we had a chat and he, he said the same thing about Badi Ashu. It's like, did you notice that Thiago didn't need to talk to him? You know, because yeah. he, 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 he knew it, it would look and he was where he needed to be. So he didn't need to talk. Um, but I did ask said person how you pronounce the name and it is Badi Ashu. Not Badia Not Badia Shile. Not. Well, I'm no, going to call Shil. him that forever. No, I'm, I'm going to call him Badia Shile. I don't care. All right. Shoot well, me, this is me. official from the club. So Badia Shile. You can go <laughs> okay. with your ignorance culturally or you can go with what he says. So there you go. <laughs> I'm all, you're, Gary, you're both Gary, marks. I'm all, Gary, I'm always going <laughs> with my ignorance. You know that. Um, the problem with Koulibaly is, I think, his pace. I think his, his pace is not suited to the Premier League. And he just doesn't look like he's got the legs for it. I think that's the problem, you know, and, and the fact that he has to go to ground so much for such a big lad, I just think it, it just proves that he's he's just not quick enough. And I don't know how, that, how that's going to improve at his age within a year, but we'll see. And you're right. I want him to succeed. If he comes on and smashes it for a few games, then I'll hold my hands up. I'll be, I'll be delighted. My, my issue is I don't think he will. That's all I'm saying. No. All right. Well, look, um, the other thing that happened in halftime, we met our new signing who was supposedly on his way to Arsenal. Mudrik, he suddenly appeared draped in his Ukrainian flag. How weird is that? There we were, a Russian-owned club, and then our great big marquee signing turns out to be a Ukrainian player. Um, How much did you know about him, Andy? And, nothing. and what do you think about the irony of, of, of that I, I knew situation? nothing about him up to about a week ago, and anybody that says they did is lying. Yeah, I'd agree. So, you know, I think it's, it's it, you know, unless you've sat on YouTube and watched the skills, tricks, and whatever videos that people put together, which, are, you know, which are interesting, which we've all done, I'm sure. Um, I, I haven't been watching Shakhtar Donetsk's league season. I, I don't know an awful lot about him. I knew that Arsenal were interested in him. I knew that people have been speaking very highly of him and really know a lot about him. And as I say, I, if you say you did, I genuinely don't believe you. Yeah, and, and there is an irony, isn't there, Gary, <laughs> that our marquee signing is Ukrainian after Russian ownership. It's a weird one. It's bizarre. We've signed loads of players since then. It's just a weird coincidence, I guess. But yeah, have you seen that, what they've said today about it? That 22 well, they've million... They've given a lot of money to, yeah, yeah, a lot of money to the Ukrainian... To the, uh, to, the, to the war support, haven't they? Which is quite a gesture. Yeah, 22 million is a lot of money for a club yeah, like Shakhtar. I love the fact that they just went there, landed, put him on a private jet, bought him back, did the medical and signed him. I mean, that's uh, decisive, to say the least, isn't it? Well, let's see what happens. Let's, let's, let's hope that he's, got, he's young. Let's hope he's got some you know, effervescence to him and he makes a debut that goes one better than Jao Felix, right? And that he doesn't get sent off, but he has a similar impact. 
That's well, what we I, need. Did, did you see Liam? It's... Did you see in Liam Toomey's uh, 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 theoretical uh, pitch map with uh, with all the players on the left hand side? And uh, we might, we might be struggling for someone on the left as a kind of sarcastic comment because he's another one that plays off the left. That's you know, the we concern do have with a, this. We've got so we do many have a lot of players position. playing in the in the same position. I mean, people are talking about him as a prodigy, as generational. You know, we'll see. We'll make our own minds up about that. Listen, it's not my money. I don't care about the money. What I care about is whether you know he's going to come and impact our football club and uh, and develop and be part of a team that's going to go on and win things. Uh, people are telling me he will. So let's see. You know, yeah. uh, from what I've seen, he's quick, he's strong, he's direct, he, he scores goals. I mean, he seems to have everything. Let's see if he can do it in the Premier League. Yeah, well, time will tell. We we will see how that all pans out. Um, And then lastly, we should just have a quick mention. We've got a game coming up. It's Liverpool away. We've got a week off. That means they can work on on practising things and, and actually do some training that's not just recovery training. That's got to make a difference, hasn't it, Gary? Uh, yes, it has. Can I just say quickly on the, the signings we're making, where everyone's asking how we're bypassing financial fair play. These big, long contracts, the the uh, the transfer fee gets spread across them, you know. So he's on an eight-and-a-half-year con- contract, whether we paid for him, gets spread across that. And if he signs an extension, it gets spread across that furthermore. So, so paying £10 million a year, essentially, rather yeah. than all the money up front. So it's, yeah. it's just an interesting way of doing business. And I think they're doing it for two reasons. One, because of that, because it bypasses it. But two, because it maintains the transfer value of the player, right? The, the risk you run is that the player turns out to be a dud and you're stuck with him for eight and a half years, right? Hello, and hello. No hello. Winston Bahade. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hello, no no, no hello, one's going to want him. Hello, Koulibaly. Um, <laughs> but look, Kerry, what you're saying about a break, this is the beauty of um, you know, going, out of, going out of the FA Cup. Yeah. It is. It helps us. And I want to win co- things, but I know where Chelsea are right now, and I've always maintained that our desire to constantly win every single trophy has been admirable and great. But sometimes you've got to say, okay, this year we want to win everything that we can, but let's not lose our heads if we don't. And now they can have some time, work on it, and you know, build something yep. up. Well, of course, well, now we're going to Anfield on Saturday lunchtime for what is, who would have imagined this a year or so ago, that we're going for a classic six-pointer for ninth place. I mean, that's just insanity, isn't it? We're all battling for the conference, aren't we? We are. Well, hopefully we lose that one. It's very scrutiny for Klopp. You know, I'm I'm not saying that we're not great. You know, or that we are great, sorry. But where is this level of scrutiny for Klopp? He's been at that club now. This September will be eight years that he's been at Liverpool. He has got a settled squad. He's got the player turnover sorted. He's got the squad he wants, and he's built that up. Where is the scrutiny? Where is the? I know he's won things at Liverpool, but well, that's it. It's it's under his watch that this has happened with them this season. I know, but I think the the trophies probably buy him a little time. But not. It's not. It's not infinite. But but if anything, no. What I'm saying is, I don't understand. Like Potter, four or five months at Chelsea. It's almost they're judging him because they think he's been there four or five years. Klopp, every, everything at Liverpool now, if there's a problem at Liverpool, it's because of Klopp. If there's success at Liverpool, it's because of Klopp. He can't mm. say, oh, Rodgers did this or Rodgers did that. That is his club built in his mm. vision, right? I know. So the stuff that's going on at the moment is down to him and his staff. What's happening at Chelsea right now isn't down to the owners, isn't down to the players, isn't down to the manager. But you know what football no. fans are like, and you know what the media are like. If you can point to a Champions League, if you can point to a Premier League, and basically say, so I won your first Premier League ever, you know, and, and your first, you know, major trophies for a long time, it buys you some time. And that, that's what's happening. Potter can't point to that. So who would you rather be at the moment? Would you rather be Graham Potter or Frank Lampard? Oh, obviously Graham, Graham Potter, Potter. Because I'm Chelsea manager. I don't mean manager of Everton. No, do you know what I mean? Though? I mean, it's but, like but, the but Graham Potter clearly has the backing, the backing of his owners. You yeah, know, I'm not exactly. sure Frank Lampard is isn't going to be thrown under the bus or, you know, being a sacrificial lamb for what looks like an absolute catastrophe at Everton. He should never have taken that job. He's doing no, a good absolutely. job under terrible circumstances, and also yeah. as well, all this talk about their fans being the salt of the earth. Who puts a woman, no less, in a headlock? Come on. 
terrible. I know. And, and did you? I don't know if you saw that the you know the argument in the street with Yeremina, and you've seen the death threats of the board, and you know all this behaviour is dis- disgraceful, really. And you know he, he's in the middle of an absolute basket case of a club at the moment. So he, the answer to your question is clearly Bram Potter. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, look, we are wrapping up. Um, let's have a quick thought and a quick prediction for Liverpool away. Andy, you may go first. I'm hoping that we've got a little bit of momentum and a little bit of tra- traction now. And I- I'm hoping that we can go into that game with some confidence. You know, the- here are two teams that are a little bit wobbly, uh, inconsistent, not playing to expectations. It- it- it'll be interesting. I think that uh, at this particular time, it's a really good time to play Liverpool. I, I think we can go there and uh, and get a result. So I don't think it'll be uh, that convincing, but I think we'll win 1-0. Okay, Gary, your final thoughts? Play Lewis Hall, play Chuck, play Gallagher, play the new boy. Uh, Get through the first 25 minutes, Dead is going to go at us 100 miles per hour, try to get the the fans going. Um, And if we're doing well after that, I reckon we'll get a draw one all. Okay, Um, yeah, I am going for the the same thing. I think it's going to be a tight old game. I'm going to go for a nil-nil. There you go. That's it. We are now out of time. Andy, thank you as always. Gary, thank you as always. That's been the Chelsea for this week. We will be back next week. Come on, you blues. If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.